All right, now the name of the show is Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick, hence the title. It'd be weird if it's called uh, Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick, and my name was uh, Dick Penbroke. So um, that'd be an odd name to have, wouldn't it be? Dick Penbroke. Uh, it's like a sports announcer from the 70s. Hi, I'll be doing the play-by-play. Dick Penbroke here. Comedy hour, watching the Waukegan Nets. Playing against the Peoria uh, Watchman Diggers, and it's a hell of a game going on right now. Top of the third, bottom of the fourth quarter, second inning of the fifth season. So, um, anyway, it's none of that. Just Tony Visick. Tonight is our Saturday night special. We call it a Saturday night special because we come in at a different time. We come in at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, six days a week. That's right, count them. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but not five, but six days a week. We are 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. In reality, it's just got to be Arizona time. That's what we have to call it. So uh, now I got to, there, I smiled for the thumbnail. You know, people are shoving stuff at me like somehow this is all my fault. Um, we got to, all right, here. I'll stop everything I'm doing just to do that. Yeah, I just screwed up again. All right. So you know what? We're not going on YouTube tonight. I've had it with YouTube. Uh, too many buttons, too many bells, too many whistles. Uh, I hope you had a good Saturday. Uh, we're looking forward to having a good Saturday as well. Uh, Saturday evening with you. Hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. Um, so uh, it's been uh, one of those days. It's been one of those days where you get up in the morning and you have a cup of coffee and the next thing you know, it's 7 o'clock at night. You go, what the hell did I do today? What is it that I have done? And you go, I must have done something. And I did do a lot of good stuff. Hey, I want to already thank in advance. I already want to thank in advance uh, those of you who contributed to, um, I generally don't do this. It's not generally something that I do. Uh, but I, um, I get a birthday coming up. No big deal. Okay. Um, Thursday, August 13th, 2020. I'll turn 65 years old. Hell of a time to be old. Uh, you know what is cool about being 65 is uh, quarantine isn't so bad because you're going, all right, that's uh, here. This is now all people can see on YouTube is there we go. We're finally five minutes in getting the show straightened out. Um, uh, quarantine's not so bad because you're just kind of done doing a lot of stuff. You go, I was going to stay home anyway. When they said, you're going to have to stay home, I was, was, I was going to stay home anyway. So uh, that's not so bad. But then, of course, there's a the fear that you'll get the uh, you'll get uh, you'll get caught sick with the COVID and uh, you'll end up uh, ass up in the hospital with a tube in your mouth. So, uh, you know what? And um, unless I'm mistaken, and it was a long time ago, probably a couple times when I was a kid, when I was uh, high, I ended up uh, ass end up in the air with a tube in my mouth. You just never know. You just never know. Anyway, uh uh, totally lost track of my train of thought. There's, uh, there's a lot of excitement in the room. So, um, yeah, this is the show. I should just start this whole show over. I should just go, the last five minutes do not exist and start the whole darn thing over. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla in the, the world today. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we come to you on three platforms, uh, comedyschoolsradionetwork.com, the uh, a mention aforementioned and obviously somehow uh, accursed uh, YouTube, uh, Comedy Schools Channel, and on Facebook Live. Uh, three platforms. We are built around three, uh, three things. The show is your questions and comments. Uh, Perry Kurtz says, wine, wine, wine. I remember when you were 40. Uh, yeah, Perry, and uh, 
things haven't changed because it's Saturday night and you're talking about wine. So, uh, <laughs> Perry Kurtz, how are you? Very funny guy, Perry Kurtz. Hilarious, funny, good guy. All the way, all the, all the way, all the way around good guy, Perry Kurtz. Um, and then it's built around your questions and comments, some knickknack memorabilia, uh, autograph memento that I have here sitting around in the home office that we share with you and try to weave a story around. And we recommend two artists or two pieces of music based on our vast vinyl album collection. Got a couple things a little different for you tonight. People you've heard of, but probably people not within, um, especially for this audience, uh, within you know your normal frame of music. But uh, people you know. And one of the cool things about getting older is uh, sometimes you reach back. You go, what was going on with Rhythm and Blues in 1965, 66 that I missed while I was just listening to music with fuzz tone and wah-wah guitars? What was going on back then that I didn't really uh, dig into uh, very closely? What was going on in the 1950s with folk music? Uh, sometimes you do that, and we're kind of going to kind of do that with the music we have tonight. A couple things to tell you about... Um, uh, my good friend Ed Vanderlee is watching. Uh, we used to do a radio show together, Ed Vanderlee, uh, like a, a regular real live radio show on regular real live radio. And uh, we always talked about doing some sort of uh, um, 80s, 70s or 80s, just a uh, uh, throwback rock show. And we would just have a blast, Ed and I. Matter of fact, Ed and I were not the, um, the quote, stars of that particular show. Uh, but we ended up with Take It Over just being goofballs back and forth across the console. Uh, Daniel Bro says, play Freebird. I would, but then you might change, Daniel, if you listen to it. Lord, you can't change. You got to fly, Daniel. You got to fly like a free bird. Yeah. You know, for those of us that were teenagers when Freebird came out, it became an anthem and eventually an anthem from hell. Because you know what happened with certain music back then? I'm going to tell you what happened. Was uh, Pink Floyd and Leonard Skinner. Pink Floyd and Leonard Skinner. See, a lot of the great music of the late, of the, from the mid-60s into the early 70s, a lot of the great music, really great music, was only listened to by a select few. People who were, like, really into rock. People who uh, uh, took a lot of dope. People who uh, 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 considered themselves uh, different, considered themselves, for lack of a better term, counterculture. Hippies, heads, freaks, weirdos. And then Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon came along, and Leonard Skinner came along with Freebird, and the music was so great and so powerful that it like reached out to a wider audience, and then all of a sudden at all the cool parties were a bunch of jerks. Go, we like Freebird. Let's put on Freebird. What the what's so Freebird? <laughs> Play Dark Side of the Whatever, my butthole. You know, and uh a lot of rednecks who grew their hair out. You know what? And a lot of them turned out to be pretty good guys um, after they did their jail stint. So, um, so Daniel, no, I won't play Freebird. Uh, but I will tell you something. That was a song like Stairway to Heaven. You got so sick of hearing that you just kind of shoved it back into a dusty closet for years. And now, like, if it comes on the radio, I don't go, ooh, turn it up. But every once in a little while, when the moon is full, and the wind is whispering through the trees. I'll put on Freebird, or I'll put on Dark Side of the Moon, or I'll put on Stairway to Heaven. And I'll listen to it all the way through and go, that was a goddamn good song. That was kind of a thing when you think about Freebird. I don't know if Freebird was the first 
song to have that weird extended guitar solo thing, you know, but then later on the Eagles did it with Hotel California. So there was a lot of songs coming along in the 70s where the second half of the song had nothing to do with the first half of the song. And Freebird was certainly one of those. You know, we're just one on and on. But no, Daniel, we're not going to play it. We're not going to play it. Uh, I got knickknacks here. I had a bobblehead. You guys, I had one. Didn't get it out of the box. Didn't even get it out of the box. We're going to protect this one. You know why? Because this is a double. We realized once we got this bobblehead of Avery, of Archie Bradley, that we already had an Archie Bradley bobblehead. We now have doubles. So this one will go to the grandson. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know if you've been following Major League Sports right now. Uh, the NBA has got it figured out. The NBA has not had a, uh, a reported positive case of coronavirus since they've restarted their season. Now, how did they do it? They decided they would all be in something they called the bubble, a large campus down in uh, Orlando, Florida, down at uh, 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 the Disney area there, uh, the Epcot Center, ESPN Sports Center, I don't know what it is, and there's a few basketball arenas down there, and there's a bubble, and you cannot leave the bubble. You have to stay in the bubble. If you do leave the bubble, then you're quarantined before you can come back in. If you have a family emergency, Montrez Harrell of the LA Clippers, his grandmother who raised him died, and he left to go to her funeral. And uh, our hearts go out to Montrez, by the way, because uh, first off, it was his grandma. Okay, and second off, it appears that she was the woman that raised him and, and put him on the path of uh, uh, having a good life. And uh, he's just devastated by what took place. Then there's Chicken Wing Lou. Chicken Wing Lou Williams, who went to uh, a grandparent's funeral, but decided to stop off at a strip joint in Atlanta for chicken wings. Now, he's back, but he had to be quarantined. Major League Baseball, on the other hand, is just screwing up. The St. Louis Baseball Cardinals are actually in danger of not being able to finish the season. They recently had 11 members of the team, along with, within that 11, uh, members of the staff, test positive for corona, kind of like the Florida Marlins. And they just haven't been able to quite pull off the whole quarantine and play thing. You know, no one's in the stands. They're supposed to be on a strict protocol. But a lot of these guys are not playing long. A lot of these guys are breaking quarantine. Man, I get it. If I was in my 20s and I was a multimillionaire and I was at the height of my physical prowess, you know, I don't know. I'm going to play and go home. That's it. That's not why I play. But I think that's right now, if you're an athlete, that's why you have to play for the game and the game alone. Not so much for the money. You know, these seasons collapse, the money can change. You know, not so much for the adulation, not as many people are watching. Not so much for the fame, not so much for the, the women, okay, or the glory, but just for the game. And then, and if that ain't enough, yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to finish an MLB uh, Major League Baseball season. You know, MLB uh, baseball is in trouble. Hockey, they got a bubble. Let's Come on, baseball players. If hockey players are smart enough to be able to not break protocol and stay in a bubble and stay quarantined and play, then you can. Is that what you're going to do, baseball? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to let the Montreal Canadiens show you up, whoever the hell their teams are? I don't even know. St. Louis Blues? St. Louis Cardinals, are you going to let yourself be shown up by the St. Louis Blues? That's just goddamn pathetic. 
Come on, boys. You got a bat in your hand. Smack yourself in the head a couple times. Everyone on the St. Louis Cardinals tonight, because your games have been canceled, need to go get yourself a bat, and not real hard, but just tap yourself in the head. Just pop, pop yourself in the head one time. Knock some sense into your goddamn head. And say, this is a different time. See, you know what? During World War II, Ted Williams, probably one of the greatest hitters, one of the all-time players of all times, pulled up stakes at the height of his career and went and joined the Army and fought in World War II. Matter of fact, a ton of baseball players just pulled up stakes. It's a bet. Going to go fight World War II. Right in the middle of their careers, during their prime years, they left and went and fought in World War II. And you sons of bitches, you know, you can't stay off a gambling boat for a few nights? Have you got that? You know, I'm going to, you know what the difference is? I'm going to tell you what the difference is. Do you want to know what the difference is? Okay, it's not that they're bad guys. Modern day athletes are not bad guys. They're great guys. I've known quite a few of them. Great guys. But unlike Ted Williams, unlike major league players in the 40s and 50s or even 60s who started out poor, you know, and then were paid okay, you know, uh, throughout their careers, uh, these guys are coddled. You know what? And it's not their fault they're coddled. They're watched from the time they're very young when they're playing a uh, little sandlight ball, you know, as football players are playing Pop Warner. And scouts are already watching because they can begin to notice early on. And the ones that look like they're going to be able to do something get treated differently. They get treated better. They get treated special. Because it's not just them who's going to make money if they're stars. All kinds of people are going to make money if they're stars. And they're treated completely different. Completely different. They do not have to face so many of the problems and the rigors of the normal world. And it ain't their fault because they're 16 and they got a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, and they're striking out everybody in their entire state. And they are special because they can do that because we hold uh, sports in that sort of that up there in that atmosphere. So they are special, but they're treated special in school by adults, by business people, by everyone, okay? And they don't have, they have, they have, they have sports discipline. Man, do they have physical discipline in that way. But a lot of them, God damn it, don't have personal discipline. So why is it working for the NBA? The great majority of NBA players are kind of like what I described earlier about baseball players in the 40s and the 50s. They are from the most dire of circumstances from urban jungles, from places where it's normal to hear gunfire and hell, as normal as it is for most people to hear uh, birds singing in the trees, you know, and good morning, Mr. Mailman. For them, it's just as normal to hear helicopters at night and gunfire. Everyone in the NBA has had a friend who was shot down in the streets as a child, as a teenager. And by the way, there's not a lot for them if they don't make the NBA, it's NBA or nothing for a lot of these guys. And they go from being flat, fucking broke, to being multimillionaires overnight. So they know that it's that or nothing. For them, it's that or nothing. 
For a lot of baseball players, it's, well, go back and be an insurance executive, make eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year, have a pension, you know, live in a nice neighborhood, live in a suburb uh, outside of Chicago someplace, you know, a uh, good place, maybe run for uh, state auditor, that sort of thing, become an announcer. You know, for, those, for these guys, it's that or nothing for so many of them because they're treated a little too special. They know it. And also for NBA players right now, they've got something to prove. Because during a time that we see because of video, the things that we always heard go, no, that can't be true. Come on, it can't be that bad. The cops can't be that bad. Cops can't really, and not all cops. Anybody's watching this later on goes, he doesn't like cops. I like cops. I do. Right? My daughter can marry a cop. I'd be fine. Okay? I just want her, want her to have to take a cop name. I want her to keep her Christian name. <laughs> Uh, 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 more and more we see that the stories we heard are absolutely true that they are treated that uh, African Americans are treated differently at routine traffic spot stops they're just treated differently they know that right now there's something on the line it's a special moment in time it's kind of like a time during the 60s uh, during the civil rights movement for African Americans and most of these guys are holding themselves to an even higher standard because they know that the world is watching them and either looking to them for guidance, which you probably shouldn't do from an athlete, in my opinion, but right now they are, okay? So, but in, in that way, a lot of them are, you know, you look at LeBron James, the way he's carrying himself, he's carrying himself better than any politician, okay? He's a true leader, true leader, right? And they also know that people are watching for the slightest slip and fall, the slightest screw-up, like Lou Williams going to a strip joint, which is... So normal for Lou at that particular strip joint, the chicken wings are named after him. And I've given him a nickname, Chicken Wing Lou. All right. So uh, I went off on a tangent tonight. It's my Saturday night tangent. I showed you the bobblehead that is in a box. Okay. It is Archie Bradley. It's a cool one that sings. We're not taking it out of the box because the other day we showed you Archie Bradley and we were very jazzed by it because it's singing. You know what I'll probably do sometime in the next week or two is the best of the bobbleheads. I think that'd be a good show. The best of the bobbleheads. We're the coolest bobbleheads. We kind of reintroduce. Oh, I don't know. 50, 75 bobbleheads. Have you bothered to count these, Cheryl? How many do we have? It's a large amount. For a man my age, it's, it's a large amount of bobbleheads. Uh, but why do we have them? Because we rescue bobbleheads. Okay? No bobblehead will be left behind. Okay? No one's ever going to... You know what? No one's ever going to pimp slap one of my bobbleheads. All right? And none of these bobbleheads, they're all sitting on a shelf. They all got their little space. They're not in a corner because no one puts bobblehead in the corner. All right. Let's talk about the music, shall we? A um, couple guys here that you know about, but I thought I'd kind of reintroduce them to you. Uh, first one is this. Uh, this is a great double album. This is Otis Redding. This is Mr. Otis Redding. Okay. And it's called Lover Man. Um, I don't know that you could put out an album. Love Man. Love Man. I don't know that you could put out an album now called Love Man without uh, some sort of blowback from uh, the new repressives. Uh, there are people who consider themselves progressives, but I actually consider them repressives. If you look back in the history of censorship in America, especially in the 20th century, the movies, records, and film, if you look back at the time of movies and records and films being pulled off the shelf and put in a vault, sometimes destroyed, 
Uh, we're going through the exact same thing again, but now it's coming from... Um, you know, the weird thing is that the progressive era at the beginning of the 20th century did some great stuff. Uh, it's almost impossible to believe that women did not have a right to vote until uh, 1921, okay? And uh, the women's suffrage movement uh, had uh, most... It gets most of the credit for that by just probably shame by shaming state legislatures and Congress people to uh, allow them to vote. Uh, the downside was, and there was a horrible alcohol problem and drug problem in America, but the uh, progressives of the time outlawed heroin, outlawed cocaine, and outlawed alcohol. And heroin was easy to get in a form of morphine, more to the point, laudanum, uh, was pulled from the shelves. Uh, cocaine was uh, uh, removed from all products, and then all the bars were closed. Um, and all it did was give rise to organized crime and create a new criminal class instead of finding a way to deal with it. And we have that now because you'll have that reaction. You'll have that reaction. And, of course, by the 30s, there was an outcry about the uh, type of films being made in Hollywood, and no uh, greater icon than Clark Gable himself and Gene Harlow made a movie called Red Dust that became the tipping point where uh, all of a sudden there was a commission that came in uh, and uh, a censorship board and producers and directors, writers in Hollywood had to uh, get their scripts approved or they couldn't get their movies distributed. And then, of course, in the 50s, we had the communist witch hunts where if you'd even gone to one communist party movie in the 1930s uh, during the height of depression when almost everybody went to at least one communist party uh, meeting, uh, your career was destroyed. We're now... In a new era, when they're under the guise of uh, talking about the exploitation of women, uh, books, records, and films are being pulled from distribution, okay, under the guise of going, oh, this is racist, books, films, uh, movies, records are being pulled from distribution, and by digging back into something somebody said or did 20 or 30 years ago, careers are being destroyed. No different. The mindset is no different. It's just as, it's just as despicable. Okay, it's just as despicable to me as anything. So I don't know if someone like Otis Redding could put out an album called Love Man. But let me recommend some tunes off of this great album. It's not actually a double album. It's, a, it, it's just two sides. It's just a really thick, uh, <laughs> really thick uh, album cover. Uh, da, 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 da. Your Love Has Lifted Me Higher and Higher. Best version of that ever. Otis Redding, Your Love Has Lifted Me Higher and Higher is on this album. Uh, Love Man is good, okay, um, but, uh, and, uh, um, Free Me is stunningly good and a lover's question, all right, all of it's good, the personnel on this, we were watching, uh, the Blues Brothers run the other day, and I told my wife, she already knew that, I go, the musicians in the Blues Brothers were actually some of the most accomplished and legendary musicians in 20th century America, and they played, on almost every, played in almost every uh, 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 Otis Redding album. Uh, the person that was Andrew Jackson, Joe Arnold on tenor saxes, Wayne Jackson, trumpet, Steve Cropper on guitar. Legendary guitar, Steve Cropper. All right. Um, Booker T. Jones and I, Isaac Hayes at organ and piano. Booker T. later on, uh, or even during that time, had Booker T. and the MGs. Isaac Hayes, the name speaks for itself. On here, Donald Duck Gun on bass, one of the all-time bass, great bass players of all times, and Al Jackson on drums. Many of these guys uh, appeared in that blue, in the blue first Blues Brothers movie. This album came out in 1969, which means that it was released 
posthumously. Uh, white America only knew Otis Redding for the most part from sitting on a dock of the bay. But I'm here to tell you right now, you listen to songs of his like These Arms of Mine, all right? Or you listen to his version of uh, uh, Your Love uh, Has Lifted Me Higher and Higher, and you hear a man who uh, was gifted vocally and then had such great musical instincts that it's music, and when you listen to it, you would go, how do I not know this record? How have I never heard this before? So we're highly recommending Otis Redding. Staying in that vein, we're going with Mr. Ray Charles. Now, a few years before Otis Redding, Ray Charles made his splash in America, okay? Made his splash in America. Uh, one of his biggest hits being What I Say. Tell me what I say. Tell me what I say. Uh, Ray Charles was a crossover artist. So a lot of artists like B.B. Uh, King or uh, uh, especially uh, Willie Dixon or uh, Howlin' Wolf or any of those guys did not cross over. They were listened to by primarily by black audiences. Ray Charles uh, was able to cross over. The white people loved his music. And this is Ray Charles' Modern Sounds and Country Western Music. So in order to really spread his popularity far and wide so that he have a greater and greater audience. They had him record an album of country music. And he had hits with country music. So he did a version of Bye Bye Love on this, which was the Everly Brothers hit, uh, You Don't Know Me. Uh, and I forget who sang that, but it was a girl, You Don't Know Me. And don't tell me what to say. Have as much, I don't know that tune. Uh, I love you so much it hurts. Just a little loving. And, of course, on this, he had a huge hit, huge hit with Born to Lose. Born to Lose, that's why I'm losing you. It was a huge hit. He also on here did uh, Hey, Good Looking, a Hank Williams tune. He did I Can't Stop Loving You, which a lot of people think is a Hank Williams song, but it's not. Don Gibson. Uh, Don Gibson had a hit with it. He had a hit with it. And, of course, You Win Again, which was a Hank Williams song, which I really got to know because the Grateful Dead did a killer fucking version of You Win Again. It's one of the reasons why I love the Grateful Dead so much. They played such a wide variety of music that it made you dig in and then go, who are the original artists? Where are the original songs? Uh, he did Worried Mind, but here his version of Born to Lose was a massive hit in the early 60s, and I urge you to go to YouTube and Google. A lot of us, we know him from the Jamie Foxx movie, uh, Ray, which was the exact same movie as... Uh, I Walked the Line with Joaquin Phoenix. The stories are almost exactly the same. Uh, Hollywood will do that. Let's just pigeonhole them all. We don't care if it's a black artist or a white artist or if it's R&B or if it's country. Uh, we're going to pigeonhole them all with a script that's designed to tug at the heartstrings and actually prove true redemption at the end. Uh, you know what? And they weren't bad movies for those sort of cookie-cutter films. But dig into Ray Charles. Dig into Otis Redding. You will be glad you did. Even if you go, well, that's not my music. That's not what I listen to. Try it, try it, try it. Hey, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time, we're going to go live. It'll be our first time in five weeks. We are making a triumphant return to Stir Crazy Comedy Club in Glendale. We're doing a 4 p.m. show. We're doing things differently in the world of Zoom, in the world of Corona. A 4 p.m. show, okay? Glendale, Arizona, Stir Crazy. Tickets are available at stircrazycomedy.com. StirCrazyComedy.com. Then later on tonight, we will be announcing our Zoom show for the coming week, which will be on a Friday night, not a Sunday. 
Uh, Kevin Brown, my friend here, is putting it together. It's the roast of me, the roast of Tony Visick. Several of my uh, closest friends and frenemies here in the greater Phoenix area will do a horrific roast of me on Zoom, and then I get to roast them. Uh, if you want to see a roast, if you want to see comedy that it's most vicious, but it's most fun vicious, you want to catch that. Tickets will be available starting uh, after 10 o'clock tonight. So be watching your social media for that. Kevin Brown says, make it all legal, problem solved. You know what? Yeah, you know, legal but regulated. Uh, Angela Fox says, I have a sea monkey bobblehead. That's the best. Fight me. Uh, no, I will not fight you over You know what? I don't fight over bobbleheads. Bobbleheads are, um, there's been too much violence. There's been too much violence and too much struggle, too much strife, too much woe. Just love your bobblehead. And if you're around someplace and it, your bobblehead's not around and there is another bobblehead, then love the bobblehead you're with. Wise words. Wise words. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for this evening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you uh, 2 p.m. tomorrow, okay, for a, an abbreviated show because I got to get in the car and drive to Glendale, Arizona, and I'm going to do it, and I'll be uh, doing a live show. So I'll be with you tomorrow. I'll be with you Monday. Monday, fun day. Sunday, fun day. Every day's a fun day when you're watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Bye-bye.